Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case. And Trevor Koppel. Trevor, we survived our own bye week. Little does anybody know that even in football podcast worlds, or world, if you will, it could be plural, I don't know, we might live in separate worlds, you might think the earth is round, and there's plenty <laughs> of Minnesota running backs to go around, and I might think it's flat, and Corey Doan's still playing. Um, <laughs> that uh, there are bye weeks in NFL podcasts, and lucky for everybody out there, um, there's, this is a pretty niche you know, sport to cover, and there's really only a few people who do it well. Uh, we're one of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> sir, did you have a productive bye week, weeks, week time? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been pretty busy lately. Uh, looking forward to a little time off coming up soon. So, yeah. There you go. Right? And Trevor takes time off, too. He's human, right? He has needs. <laughs> and I tell you what, what he has a need for is the process, the dumping, uh, as I would call it. I mean, I don't know if, Trevor, you would go that um, explicit with the what had happened to Dalvin Cook, but I'll call it the dumping of the Dalvin. Um, happens, what, last week or week uh, before? We've been out for a bit, so I'm not sure if I can remember yeah, the exact day. But uh, here ago. we are. Yeah. Yeah. How, um, what was your initial feelings about this? So, I mean, he, he was released with uh, three years left on his contract, uh, which I think came out to a little over $44 million over the next three years. Um, and, uh, yeah, you could look at it as a dumping, but I, it really doesn't feel that way. And I'd be surprised if, if Dalvin cook felt that way. Um, you know, it, it, if you put this whole situation in, in perspective, like I'm about to, you'll see that, you know, when, when Kirk cousins was brought onto the Vikings, uh, Dalvin cook was established. Uh, the, 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 the idea was like we've got a great defense and a and a run first offense. Uh, we what we really are lacking is a quarterback that won't blow it, uh, and 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 Kirk Cousins can be a quarterback that's just good enough for us to win, you know. Um, but since then, the 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 team has really pivoted away from that. Uh, you know, good defenses never last, so we uh, we play from behind often right now. Um, and we're definitely a pass it on any down, every down type of team, uh, which is impressive that uh, Dalvin Cook still managed to get his 2,000 all-purpose yards this season. It, it it definitely felt like less of a Dalvin Cook-centric season last year. Uh, he wasn't used as effectively in the red <clears throat> zone as he had been. Um, and the way the way the team is headed right now, he's just not worth you know, $15 million a year uh, for the next three years. And I think there are other teams out there that maybe they're not going to give him that whole contract. Uh, but uh, I'm not even 100% on, on the uh, procedures there. Since he was released, they can, they can work out whatever deal they want. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Simple, simple as that. So, so yeah, that, and, and that might be the reason that the Vikings weren't able to trade him for something is because of how big his contract was, but he's, he's going to go to a team that's got a window open. The Vikings sometimes feel like they do, but they don't, they, they have serious needs on defense. And by the time that gets addressed, I think we're looking at Kirk Cousins replacement, but I'm digressing. Um, the point is, is that I think, I think this could be good for the Vikings and for Dalvin Cook. Um, 
there's a lot of speculation on him going to Miami. Um, other teams I've heard mentioned are uh, Buffalo or even Cleveland. Um, but Miami is the one you hear the most. And I think Dalvin Cook on the Dolphins would be so much fun to watch. Um, but I think wherever Dalvin Cook goes, he's probably going to get better usage and more red zone carries than he would this year in Minnesota. And, and we can do a lot with uh, freeing up that cap space in terms of trying to bring in uh, people to fix the defense because it's so broken right now. Um, so, so yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Big picture. Um, you know, so, so yeah, it, it's, it, you know, it's something to keep an eye on in terms of where he does land. And then we can start speculating on what kind of year he's going to have and what kind of impact he's going to bring to whatever team he lands on. Uh, but I'll say it right now. I am hoping he goes to the dolphins. I think that'd be a really, really fun team to watch. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it would kind of complement the rest of that uh, offense, right? Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and, um, oh my, right? Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Cedric Wilson. I, I know they got a whole bunch of standouts. I, I don't even know who's playing tight end over there this year, to be honest. Terrence Smythe, that, that, that might be Yeah, they, uh, they moved on from Gusecki, right? Right. Yeah. Right, right. Something that I kind of keep an eye on, you know? Um, considering, you know, I don't know, Gusecki wasn't that good, but maybe he was a good third down guy or red zone. Who knows? Right. Could, could change the, could change some parts of the offense, but nonetheless, um, yeah, Dalvin Cook gets released, um, cap move. Um, you know, no hard feelings. Doesn't seem like he's going to come back. Uh, right move. You said, you said it was the right move, right? I, I really do. Um, and, and, and again, I think it's the right move. For, for both of them, you know, you've, you've heard me on this podcast so many times talk about the uh, short shelf life for running backs in today's NFL. Uh, Dalvin Cook, uh, with the exception of, I, th- I think he was out for one season with an injury um, or most of a season with an injury, a couple, two or three seasons back. But uh, for the most part, he's kind of defied those statistics and uh, and he doesn't have... You know, I, I don't. I don't think he has three years left, and I don't think the Vikings are gonna be in a, any kind of championship contender window before then. So, like, this is his chance to go, you know, achieve more than he already has, which is you know, three or four Pro Bowls, uh, things like that. So, uh, so yeah, he has a chance to go be a part of a championship, possibly. Um, and at the same time, the Minnesota Vikings, it just it doesn't matter how much you love that player uh, or what the ceiling is on it. What we really know right now is that he's you know being in the league this long. It's the same reason they probably couldn't trade him for much or anything. That contract was too much for forty four. I think it's forty four point two million dollars over the next three seasons when you've already been in the game for. I think he's been in for seven seasons now. It's it's a lot for a running back. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a good move for Dalvin Cook. It's a smart move for the Vikings. Um, I, I mean, I, I'm, I've got nothing but love for him. I'm a cheer for him wherever he lands. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think I, I'm not upset as a Vikings fan that this was the decision made by the front office. 
<clears throat> yeah, and running backs are, we mentioned uh, few are, as in the past in the podcast, few are, um, uh, I don't know what you want to call all pro, right? Very few are. Well, uh, and and that are worth, yeah. We're just not going to see, we'll, we'll always see it here or there, but it's, it's no longer a league where, you know, half of the teams out there actually have the running back as the featured offensive player, highest paid member of the offense. Those days are over. Um, and it wasn't that long ago, you know, when, you know, every team in the NFC North had uh, an Adrian Peterson and a, a Matt Forte and a, uh, Ryan Grant. Uh, I'm trying to think of the guy who ran the ball for the Packers, but Eddie Lacy. Um, Eddie Lacy. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but you know it's it's just a different league now, and I'm not saying the running backs aren't just as good as they used to be. It's just the way the game is played. They're yeah. They, they're no longer the most important piece out there. Not even close to it. Um, every player you want to have figured out. You want to have someone you can count on. I'm not saying you don't need a good running back. I'm saying what you need are three of these guys that aren't costing you, you know, twenty million a season. So, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, especially if I mean, you know, you can find somebody uh, for a lot cheaper, um, and that saves you money to maybe put some more players on your defense uh, in the long run, right? Yeah, right, because defense is getting. Yeah, defenses, they've always been hard to keep really great defenses together because you get stars, and then they, they get a chance to make more money. Um, but now, now you, you I mean, if you're really hunting for a Super Bowl, you need big names at all three layers of defense, you know, and, and not only that, but you need depth. And we're talking depth at the line, depth at cornerback. You just need more of these guys than you used to. And, uh, and, and there's a, there's a shifting right now and, and I kind of like it. It's kind of a balancing, um, I, I feel like defense is more important now than it, than it was, uh, 10 years ago. So, uh, I really like it. Yeah, no question. Uh, <clears throat> um, it's, it, but you know, offense still wins the league, right? It's why Pat Mahomes won two Super Bowls, why Matthew Stafford won a Super Bowl. But, you know, I mean, in between all that, Chris Jones played really good ball. Aaron Donald oh, yeah. played really good ball. Those linebackers for Kansas City last year were ridiculous. You know, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay. Um, so it's it's all relative, I guess, in some sense, right? You, 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 it may not be as important at times. Uh, or It's not maybe that. It's just the offense overshadows the offensive league. The penalties are all structured to go, go for the offense. The game is structured to be wide open, you know? So the defense just le- loses a lot of that um, that microscope time. You know, but in the at the end of the day, man, it's um, the defense still gets you there, right? And you can't get there without one at least being yeah. okay. <laughs> so, um, you know, you can have a stacked offense; it's great. But if you don't stop anybody, kind of like you know Minnesota did last year, they had about twenty six points a game, was twenty eighth in the league. Somehow we go thirteen and four on flukes and field goals and weird plays, but then you're out in the first round. So what's right. the point? You know? Well, and, so. and that's the thing. I, I feel like the Minnesota defense for a, for a few years now has had this, you know, this this issue where, you know, the defense was worse than it felt uh, because 
I, you know, there was it was a bend don't break type of defense, and then it became a, you know, occasionally we stop them with a red zone interception, something really razzle dazzle, but you don't do that, you know, eight, nine, ten, ten times a game. You do it maybe once a week, and the rest of the time the defense was just bad. And uh, and last year, uh, really the statistics shoved it right in your face. Like, yeah, you've got some playmakers and, and occasionally it's really fun to watch the Minnesota defense, but they're not good. They're just, they're not good. Uh, they, they have to improve the defense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> something I'm curious about, man. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I really want to talk about the other moving pieces on Minnesota, but let's first start with the Alexander Madison impact. I mean, now that he's going to be RB one in Minnesota, um, I mean, granted, he hasn't seen a lot of starting time as a Minnesota running back, but uh, look, you've watched the Minnesota Vikings. Are we expecting a big jump here? Because Dalvin Cook was the fourth best running back in fantasy last year. Also, he's going to go to a new team. Do we expect Minnesota to have any sort of fantasy value at the running back position moving forward? What do you think? I, I, I don't think that you can value, at least right now, I don't think you can value Alexander Madison as, as uh, you know, a direct replacement for Dalvin Cook. I don't I don't think he'll have uh quite the same number of explosive plays. Uh what I do know is that Dalvin or is that Alexander Madison is a good running back. Uh he's definitely the uh the lead running back on the roster um unless something big happens. I don't, I don't see anything happening to replace him as the number 1 guy. Um the the thing I'm worried about cuz cuz Alexander Madison is also a very trustworthy running back. They're not going to be afraid to give him the ball. Um, he's great at protecting the ball. He's great at falling forward, uh, explosive through the, through the A, B and C gaps. Um, so like, and, and they're not afraid to give it to him in space either. Uh, that's where he doesn't quite match up with Dalvin cook is, uh, you know, he, he's not going to, you know, Dalvin cook might be one of the best, uh, screen runners ever. Um, I, I don't think I can say that about Alexander Madison yet. Um, but uh, what I'm worried about with Alexander Madison is that the Vikings could be shifting to what I'm preaching, which is, you know, let's get three guys that we trust like Alexander Madison, pay them second running back money and, and just keep them on a rotation, keep the defense guessing, uh, keep three sets of fresh legs, um, if they do that, then the issue is volume. Even if he's going to be their preferred running back in the red zone, which I, I definitely think he would be, even in a committee situation, um, he just he might be might be single digit carries on a really productive offense that that goes to two or three guys, you know, running the ball. So, so that's that's the real. You know, we can't. Obviously, we'll be drafting before we get to find out. So you're kind of rolling the dice there. But uh, uh, you know, unless that's the you know, if, if he really is going to step in as a number one, and they're going to use him as a number one, um, I think uh, I think he could be, you know, a a top ten fantasy running back. But uh, but not if he doesn't get the carries. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, obviously, that requires carries. 
<laughs> right, right. So, I've got um, yeah. stating the obvious there. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, we don't know any about the other three guys on the roster. But we know, like anything, these running backs can, can come out of nowhere. They drafted a guy in the seventh round from UAB. I think he had been, uh, he's 21, had been sort of all around in the transfer portal. So, like, I mean, maybe there's potential there, man. I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you think about it, I mean, <clears throat> it's like a Conference USA guy or like a Mac guy or um, the Big East or one of these, like, not Power 5 schools, but sort of. Sometimes, like, they'll just get somebody on a transfer portal who used to be, like, a four-star recruit, and they go to the NFL, they get an opportunity, and they're young, and they don't have a lot of carries on them. That's the best part, <laughs> you know? And right. they ended up doing really well. I don't have any, like, you know, obvious, um, like, examples right now to say, but, like, we see it quite often, you know? Um, and I think that's possible with... One of the guys, I can't remember his name. He's a UAB seventh-round pick for Minnesota. Running yeah, back, I, re- like I remember the pick. Right uh, I know? can almost, I can kind of picture him too. Uh, but no, the name escapes me. Um, but, you know, the the thing is, and I'm not saying not to draft Madison. He's he's definitely going to be drafted. Uh, it's just a yeah. question of where. Um, and he is going to be, you know, in a, in a goal line situation, I think, I think he'll get plenty of use just trying to, punch it in from a you know a first and goal inside the five um type of situations but uh the offense as a whole and, and you really started to see this last year especially when they acquired tj hawkinson he was kind of the missing piece of like we're just there's too many pieces on the chessboard now through the air um i i do think that the the vikings are gonna feel a little bit like the drew Brees saints like just a whole bunch of short, safe, uh, wide open passes. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, so I just i I think, uh, yeah, I, I think I'm trying to say that Alexander Madison, if he's going to be a standout, <clears throat> it's it's going to be uh, red zone dependent um, because there's just going to be so much passing and trying to keep the offense on the field. Um, so, yeah, it. Uh, I think he. I think he's probably better in a PPR league. Still not quite as good catching the ball as as uh, as uh, Cook was, but uh, but I do think they'll throw it to Madison. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Dwayne McBride. So, um, eighteen hundred yards his last year for UAB. Eighteen touchdowns, seven point nine yards a carry. Uh, a GM called him, uh, anonymous GM, the NFL, called him the steal <laughs> of the draft, quote-unquote. <laughs> well, well, I love stuff like that. I love stuff like that <laughs> because uh, because I'm sure you can find uh, a line like that on almost every pick. Um, and that's that's kind of the fun part of the draft, and we'll, we'll, only time will tell because uh, certainly in hindsight some of these statements are going to look very wise. Um but yeah, I like you said, I mean he's he's the stats don't lie. Uh eighteen was eighteen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns. Yep. Um seven point nine yards uh, a carry. Seven point nine yards a carry. So like I'll I'll be surprised if he doesn't get plenty of opportunities uh to see what he can do at the next level, uh if only to keep Alexander Madison from being overworked. So 
<clears throat> could be the steal of the draft. Could be the steal <laughs> of the saying. draft. That's what they're saying, man. Okay, so let's get to this because this has been a long conversation about Dalvin Cook. But uh, Zadarius Smith got traded from Minnesota to Cleveland this past week. Um, it's interesting because you just see all these different pieces of Minnesota. They're leaving Adam Thielen, Dalvin Cook. Not that this is make a Vikings podcast, what it's about, but this is just kind of compelling that they're kind of tearing it down a little bit over there. And, you know, um, and we heard that uh, Daniil Hunter is a holdout right now. Could be traded. So right. a lot of things are changing. Um, we know that the defense didn't work, but that doesn't mean there's not good pieces on there. And without them, what is the defense? Right. So when it comes to Daniil Hunter, um, I, I mean, I love all these players that we're talking about. Uh, Daniil Hunter, um, you know, missed, you know, almost two seasons, uh, an entire season and most of another with, uh, with injury. And, uh, and that really kind of, I mean, you hate to, to put it this way, but it really kind of stalled his career when it came to, uh, the bargaining table. Um, before he got hurt, he was absolutely in line for a monster contract extension, uh, which in hindsight could have been a mistake. We'll see. Um, but, uh, but Daniel Hunter, I think they'll work something out. Um, I think the Vikings really like him. Uh, he's got a ton of potential, uh, semi-proven commodities. Had a couple of really, really good seasons before he got hurt. Um, and, and it's a position of need for every team. Um, so if, if they don't get something worked out, uh, I, I'll, I'll be anxious to see what we could get for him because it's a high-value uh, position. Uh, with with Zadarius Smith, that, so that's the one I'm, I'm really interested in to keep an eye on. Zadarius Smith, um, watching him be an absolute menace last season on a terrible defense, uh, it was a lot of fun. It was most fun watching him uh, sack Aaron Rodgers, former teammate of his. Um, but the truth is, he he was not a spring chicken when he arrived in Minnesota, and. And and Minnesota really does have to start building for the future. We're not in a get-it-done-now window. We're not. Um, I, I wish we were, but we're not. 13-4 um, and four last season, and I can confidently say we're not in a window. Uh, so I do think that these are tough decisions, and it, it's really hard for fans because you, you grow to love these guys, even in a short amount of time. But uh, moving on from Zadarius Smith, I feel, is the right thing to do. Uh, I'm wishing the best of luck with what remains of his career. I think he's a really, really fun player to have on the field. Um, electric personality, you know, um, and just just a, a monster at his position. He goes all out. He's fun to watch. But, uh, you know, offering him a, a contract of any size for the Vikings right now uh, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, 30 years old. Pass pressure. Um you know, just uh, like inconsistent production the last couple of years. What have you done for me lately? And you're old. Uh, that's basically a recipe for a cut. <laughs> that's what I mean. Right, trade, right now, you know? right now, he could absolutely so. be a depth player on a really good team. The same way, uh, you know, Indomitian Sue and Linval Joseph were playing defensive or defensive tackle for for uh, Philadelphia last season. Uh, he absolutely fits that mold, um, and and he could definitely contribute to a, a great team and a great season. But uh, like I said, Minnesota, their biggest concerns are defense and 
and it's just they they've got to have an eye to the future. We've got to go young. Uh, we got to find guys that are going to be able to to produce for the coming, you know, four or five seasons. And and I could always be wrong. I always hope that I am, but you know, logic dictates that you don't count on Zadarius Smith for four or five more seasons. Yeah. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but he signed in Minnesota a year after tearing his ACL. Right. I had like a pretty decent season last year, 10 and a half sacks. Um, right. Going to Cleveland, he'll take over that spot where Jadavion Clowney was playing next to Miles Garrett, which is always like in a really nice role to be in. I think if they put one of us next to Miles Garrett, I think we would probably rack up four or five sacks. But... <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, yeah. But no, and, and yeah. that's the thing, uh, yeah. you know, he's going to Cleveland. Cleveland has a huge question mark looming over Gosh. them right now. And, uh, you know, the, the, if, if you're an, an optimist, like, yeah, they could jump right into uh, the playoffs this year. Uh, but I won't believe it till I see it. Um, but this is a move that helps them, uh, helps them this year. It doesn't help them in three years from now, you know. Right. Right. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they're in win-now mode anyway because of the amount of money they're paying. Right. Um, you know, Sean Watson. <laughs> so I don't think they have much of a ch- choice but to get more players, you know, to open that window. And in the AFC North, it's pretty competitive, Baltimore, Cincinnati. Uh, you kind of have to have somebody that's going to rush the quarterback, you know. So, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and, I, you know, I didn't even realize this. Eric Kendricks is gone. Patrick Peterson is gone. The hitman may not be able to make it out of training camp potentially, you know. Uh, it's it's just a it's not like you don't see this often where a team goes thirteen and four and they turn over the roster like they have, but this is one of the only cases I can think of in like the last so many years I've been watching the NFL where this is this has happened, you know? Right. Well, and the thing is with with this sort of stuff happening, um, like the the more it builds, the more it makes sense to lean into it. Do you know what I mean? Um, right. I, and I do think the Vikings are going to be a competitive football team this year. I'm not talking about them. You know, I, I, I mean, I think anybody's pleased if their team goes 13 and four. I don't know if the Vikings uh, could do that again this year. I, I, I wouldn't put my money on it because um, 13 wins is a big accomplishment no matter who you are. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to say they're tanking. I don't think they're tanking. I don't think they're planning to not, do the best that they can this season, but like, yeah, there, there, we just had too many people that it, it, and that's what makes it hard too. this defense. We had so many of these pieces in place for so long. And when you, when you hear their names, you, you just pull up all the amazing things you remember seeing them do. Um, and it's, it's hard to accept the fact that they were one of the worst defenses in the league last year, but it is undeniable. And, uh, and yeah, we we need a lot of turnover if we're going to get back to, you know, dare I say, a top five defense, which is what you want when you're when you're going for a championship. You want a top five defense and a top five uh, offense and a, and a quarterback that can win in any situation. Um, and there's a few teams out there that have it. Uh, more than a few, really. We're kind of lucky right now as NFL fans. There's a lot of really good teams out there that that can fit. I know there can only be five top fives, but I think you get my point. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, let's turn over this conversation. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. You know? um, I, I guess I'm curious about your 
opinion of what's going on with Stefan Diggs, another former Viking. You know, <laughs> uh, you know, here causing this was causing a, issues. <laughs> this was a funny story because I I didn't I hadn't heard anything about what was going on until it was reported that he had been found, and it was like, hold on, when when did he go missing? What's what's going on with Stefan Diggs? It's very bizarre. Um, but I guess they, uh, you know, he reported to the mandatory minicamp and. And then no one could find him, and uh, his agent went went on the record saying he's he's there, he's he's in the facilities. Very very um, bizarre, and it's just it's just kind of a strange thing because of course someone like Stefan Diggs not showing up would be big news. Um, he's a he's a you know very dedicated to his craft type of player. Um, you know the the. The Bills feel that they're still in win now mode, that they're still in a window. I think, I think that window is is smaller than they than they think it is. But that that's the nature of being, you know, a fan of your team, a fanatic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But like, yeah, Stefan Diggs holding out or Stefan Diggs going missing—that's that's big news. And it turned out to be just a little more hilarious than <laughs> than concerning. Yeah, it, it's just, I mean, like, what? so this is what the details were. Um, Stefan Diggs, the day which the Bills kind of will live in infamy here because of the absurdness of this, reported for mandatory minicamp before leaving the team facility. Prior to the start of practice, Diggs reportedly told no one. Uh, later in the day, Diggs broke his silence on social media. This is yesterday. So as reported by Mike Florio and Stefan Diggs' Instagram. And I quote, um, and I don't know what this means, so you're, we're going to have some time to break it down. But um, I'd just be letting people cap. If them if them lies help you sleep better, tell them, big dog. The second said this, uh, meaning his Instagram post or what have you. My phone been silent for like six years. <laughs> uh, I unplay all them sounds and shit. Um, yeah. But Josh Allen came out and told reporters eternally, we're working on some things. Not football related. Steph, he's my guy. I effing love him. He's a brother of mine. This does not work what we're doing here without him. Um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> because <Yeah>. Josh <laughs> Josh Allen, without Stephon Diggs, was not a good quarterback. And the Buffalo Bills without Stephon Diggs are, it's not a good offense. It just isn't. Um, however, um, I'm curious about this. And I heard this stat this morning that um, Stefan Diggs in the last seven games of the season had four touchdowns last year um, and 500 yards and like 40 catches. In the first set, what, eight games, he had double that in each category. So I don't, I don't know what's going on with Stefan Diggs. I don't know what happened. If he just is something behavioral, um, physical, but some people are saying that he might have failed a drug test. Um, he's just holding out. He wants a new contract. He's upset he's um i don't even know how this is possible but he's not happy he's not involved in the offense more i, I don't even know how that's possible but uh, yeah I, I, I don't know how <laughs> so. much how much i buy that um you know it, it'd be one thing if i saw him in an interview say those things but if i mean is he being quoted like yeah, those the, the the instagram were those were quotes yeah oh, and man. so the rest of it's speculation so, I mean, we just, well, actually, no, that's not true because he, he didn't come out and say, 
Well, I think he might have come out and said he was upset with not being more involved in the offense. Um, but I think it was more along the lines of just gestures. And he left the field early, remember, last year? Oh, yeah. So on uh, one of the playoff losses and maybe some of the games. And, um, look, he's a dedicated guy, man. I mean, he's a no, we, receiver. It's, we you know, see this it's, from a lot of passionate players and receivers. We don't, I was going to say. Mean, Odell Beckham Jr., <laughs> uh, extremely emotional. Um, right. And uh, Stefan Diggs is, uh, you know, very much the same way. We we see him get e- extremely emotional with wins and losses, um, and, and honestly, that's that's kind of what you want out of a star wide receiver. You, you, I don't care how many times he's he's catching the ball in the end zone. He needs to feel like he could be doing more. Uh, that's what makes them great. Um, so, so the quotes, <laughs> the the quotes you read off were a little difficult to follow. Um, yeah, no kidding. <laughs> they they might need some more context, but the uh, the speculation, um, even if they're right, I'm not concerned unless Stefan. If, if Stefan Diggs is, you know, posting that like he's unhappy and he needs to be used more, that would be uh, that that would be bigger than than just uh, you know people speculating on what is probably the case, but uh, I guess I'm saying I'd be more concerned if, if Stefan Diggs was, uh, you know, being more vocal about what's probably the, uh, you know, the most likely situation. So bizarre. Um, yeah. You know, we see this a lot from receivers. You already said it. We see this a lot from players, primarily receivers. Um, it seems like every year there's a different receiver that's going off the rails. <laughs> in some way, shape, or form. I don't know why that is. It's just, it's the diva in them, man. They just, they innately have it. I think that's why they're receiver. That's, it kind of comes with the position. Uh, at least that's what I speculate, but I don't, I've never, you know, I've played receiver myself, not in the NFL. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't qualify for the NFL. It just means I haven't played in the NFL. So, um, but it's, it's interesting nonetheless to think about, um, the potential of him not being there on the bills, potentially, you know, um, just, it's strange. It's just weird. I think that's the reason why we're all kind of like, wait, what? And there's not enough news in the, the mainline NFL kind of market right now for any of us to really not care about this, but regardless, it's, it's strange, you know, and it makes you wonder if he's up to be traded potentially or what's going on. But I guess the issues have been resolved according to Sean McDermott. Came out today um, in a great spot with star wide receiver Stefan Diggs. Let me be clear. This is what he said. Quote, Steph did everything that he was asked to do. Um, he was here Monday and executed his physical on time. Steph reported yesterday, Tuesday, reported for meetings, at which time we had a good conversation, great communication. We got to a point yesterday where we felt like we all needed to take a break and, and get some space. So I gave Steph permission to get some space and head out, picked up those conversations after practice. Um, whenever a player has something going on or misses, not misses, but he's not here for some reason, I'm concerned. That's my sentiment with any player, um, whether they be injured or not, it's just how I am. Um, so when I say I'm very concerned, I'm very concerned because of the situation with one of our players. That's it. That's, that is it. <laughs> so the Stefan Diggs situation's over, apparently. Yeah. Um, well, and that, that's why that's it. I thought it was so funny is like, man, it, yeah, it happened so fast and uh and it was ultimately a nothing um and like i don't think there were any revelations or any surprises 
uh, that came of it. So it was just kind of funny. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on. <laughs> um, two some players that are holding out before we get to DeAndre Hopkins. Our main event, if you will, and we'll find out why, because there's another guy who has a favorite <laughs> team on this podcast that's hosted him today. So um, he's very happy about it <laughs> in our attempt to not go 7-10 and 10 this year, you know. Um, yeah, it's Saquon Barkley, man. Another uh, player that's holding out. Um, and that's just Sunday to his, his intention to skip Giants minicamp. Um, had an agreed on long-term extension. Got the $10.1 million franchise tag. And look, if you're a running back in this league and you're productive and you're as important as, as Saquon Barkley is to New York's offense... Look, you don't have a very long shelf life, and your window is very short to make a lot of money. I completely agree. I completely agree, and I, I, I never blame uh, these players holding out to to see what they can get. Um, yep. I think it's something that every individual is going to have to decide for themselves. Um, but you know, maybe Saquon's been listening to the podcast because, like, right. I, like I'm saying, you, you, you don't have. You know, running backs don't have until they turn thirty. Most of them. You know, what I mean, they're they're going to be done before then. Um, Saquon, uh, he's not done yet. But he, even if he leads the league in rushing yards this year, every year takes value off the rest of your career. It just does. Um, so, I think the smart thing for both teams is yes, he should be holding out for more than the ten million he was tagged with and the giants should put him on a, on a structured contract that reflects reality, you know, get, give him what he deserves to be your guy this year, put a second year on there with a whole bunch of stipulations and outs where maybe, you know, you don't take a huge cap hit if he's not producing in another year. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think uh, I think this is a is the right move for Saquon because like yeah yeah getting franchise tagged just making ten million on a one year deal um, he's worth more than that um, he just I, I, whether or not he's worth even that next season is a is a big question because because he plays running back in the NFL um, yeah yeah so so I I hope he gets a payday something you know a little north of fifteen million. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I think, uh, and I, I think they'll get that worked out too. I don't think this is a, uh, maybe they'll trade him or maybe, you know, obviously that's not a, a big concern. They franchise tagged him, but yeah, the holdout, they need to give him more money. Uh, just don't, uh, you know, and, and that's the way it's going to be for guys like, uh, Saquon and even Dalvin Cook and, and some of these guys that are kind of defying the whole uh, short shelf life. Uh, it, they're they're going to be always playing for one more season. You know, what, what, what am I worth this season? Let me hold out and make sure I get it. Uh, and if I'm playing again next year, we're going to go through this again next year. Because, um, yeah, they, they need to be paid what they're worth. And at the same time, the team's should not commit to them long-term. It's just not, it's too dangerous to commit to these guys long-term. Yeah. Yeah, no question. But in the meantime, you're developing your quarterback, Daniel Jones. You're trying to get figure out that offense. You're going to get more weapons, ideally, for him. Uh, you need Saquon. 
I oh, mean, yeah. without him, that team – look, I don't think they were that good last year, but they still beat Minnesota, uh, which, you know, uh, it was what it was. But then they got shellacked by Philly again. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I personally – you know how I feel about this. Like, if you're – if you're, Daniel Jones is your quarterback, uh, I, don't, I don't see how there's any avenue to making the Super Bowl. You know? So, if it was me – I don't even know. I, you know, no, I, I, I would the, need Saquon, but I wouldn't need Daniel Jones, and I sure, certainly wouldn't have signed him to the, the contract I gave him in the offseason. But unless he's getting better, I, you know, it's one of those things you just can't really figure out. No, I, the, you got uh, to see the development year to year, and um, I don't the, know. But I guess the point is, is that they should re-sign Saquon, and because he's very essential to that team right. and development of Daniel Jones. No, so the uh, the the NFC East having three teams in the playoffs last season, uh, that it was impressive. It was pretty fluky. Um, I, I don't see that happening again this season. I don't know which team's going to fall off the, the giants or the Cowboys, um, or, or both, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that Philadelphia will be back in the playoffs. Um, which means I guess I'm picking them to win their division. Um, there you go. <laughs> but uh, but you know you're 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 absolutely right. The the reason a quarterback like Daniel Jones with his his skills and his experience was able to you know quarterback a team into the playoffs in the NFL was because Saquon Barkley was or Saquon Barkley was uh, loading the box every snap, so you get much more one on one man coverage. Uh, mm. A lot of lot of routes that can you know get ran open, um, and uh, well, you lose you lose hmm. that without a guy like Saquon Barkley in the backfield. Yeah, it, it, but let's be honest, it was the RPO. You know, I oh, think yeah. that's what they ran really well last year. And I think you hit the nail on the head though. When you have a loaded box and you have eight guys, to seven guys, you're running RPO, then it's like who are they keying on, right? To right. to fake that that run pass option or that option at all. And if that's the case, like, um, and you have a guy like Saquon, well, if you give him a little bit of space, he's going to take off. You give it a little space for Daniel Jones. He is obviously ex- extremely athletic and did really well last year running the ball. Like, so um, I think it's, you have to have him for the RPO. You have to have him to keep the, ball, the field open. Um, you have to have him for the sake of like the fakes. So it's, yeah, I, I think, Fifteen million isn't asking for a lot in this case, considering his impact. If only for one year, then I think it would be worth it. But, who boy, let's talk about a guy who's holding out. Who, if only for one year, will get paid because he is already going to get paid. It's just he does in his last year of the contract. It's well, it's it's he should have been the Super Bowl MVP. It, Chris Jones. Chris Jones. Um, yeah. Uh, four years, $80 million uh, deal. He signed 2020, is wrapping up. He's due $28.29 million this year, but um, is on last year that deal. He's holding out. And I'll tell you what, if you've watched football in the last three years, since the Chiefs have really been on this run, uh, well, I mean, before that, but really the last three years, they've won two Super Bowls and gone to a, another one. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or four years, excuse me. Um, yeah. Chris Jones has been a major part, and he's extremely talented and probably taking over for best defensive tackle in the league right now, considering Aaron Donald's down year last year. It's, so 
it's hard to argue with that. And, uh, yeah. and, and it's a position that I throw a lot of love to, you know what I mean? Um, and, uh, the fat guys, yeah, oh, man. The, cause, well, I mean, the, the, the truth is when, when you've got a dominant defensive tackle, uh, it just, it makes, it makes the rest of the defense simpler, easier, uh, everybody's job is just easier when there's just that, that behemoth that cannot be stopped uh, in the middle of the, the D line. Um, it, uh, yeah, it just, I, I, you know, we see a lot of trends and uh, for a long time recently, we were seeing the edge rusher really shine as uh, one of the most important players on the roster. Um and they are really important, but uh, but man, you you look back at uh, the most successful teams uh, over the last decade, and uh, usually you're going to see uh, a Pro Bowler right there at defensive tackle, somebody that just you know is out there, uh, you know, ninety percent of the defensive snaps just just wrecking the interior, you know, forcing. Forcing quarterbacks out of the pocket, forcing forcing running backs to bounce outside where they can get scooped up by a linebacker or a safety, uh, or just getting swallowed up by the defensive tackle themselves. Um, it uh, I don't want to say it's an under the radar or underrated position, but like I think uh, I think its perceived value is still on the rise. And uh, a guy like Chris Jones. Um, it's very similar to the Saquon Barkley situation where uh, he does need to get paid what he's worth now because he won't be able to keep doing what he's doing for much longer. Yeah. 29 years old. I mean, yeah. or thir- going to be 30. I'm not sure what the no, he, is here, but he could be a big so. part of another championship push by this emerging Kansas city dynasty. Um, but, uh, but he's not, and I think the smart thing for the Chiefs is to pay him what he's worth now, but keep it short term. Um, it just—it's yeah. not somebody. It, it, it's not a position. It's not a league where you want to overcommit to these superstars. So, I, if I was the Chiefs, uh, I would want to work out an agreeable one-year deal. And if I was Chris Jones, that's what I'm looking for too. So. You're talking about like an extension, a one-year deal beyond this year? Yeah. Because he's on a one-year deal. Yeah. But just like into 2024? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. See what happens. Right? Um, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I personally don't know his, like the motor of this guy, but he's been amazing. Um, but I would be hesitant because he is a defensive tackle and they go over 30. It's not like they're running backs, but... It's just right. that's just a long time to play that position, man. You don't. Know, it is. You know, it's it is hard to be that productive for that long. But you so. know, Chris Jones, he also has a reputation. Um, you know, he really shows up in the postseason, which is really important for for any important position. Um, because I mean, when, when you get that reputation, it's like okay, this is not a guy who gets injured in October. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a guy who 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 you know, is pretty, I don't want to say injury proof, uh, but he's a pretty durable guy and he knows how to turn it on uh, when you get, you know, past, uh, past Christmas. So, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, they, he's the he's probably one of the more consistent playoff um, players in the league right now, and certainly over the last ten years, he's right up there with I mean Brady and Edelman and Mahomes. Um, you know, Donald to to just some like amazing playoff performances. He's been incredible, and and I think in a, every pretty much a, every AFC Championship game he's played in, he's been a, he's been a presence. So. Uh, keep him around, see if the dynasty's got another year in it, maybe two, and go from there. So, hopefully he doesn't. <laughs> I just don't know what to say at this point. <laughs> I'm, hold, I'm holding on to dear life for everything I experienced, you know, for 20 years that I know is never coming back. So, um, anywho, we're <laughs> going to talk cap, about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cap off with uh, potentially the return of the dynasty with the acquisition of DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, he's a free agent. He was released, um, surprisingly. I think we, a lot of us thought he was going to get traded. We talked about him getting traded. I don't think any of us thought he would get cut. Um, I don't really know what's left for him. He's 31 years old. I heard he can't run anymore. <laughs> That's what a GM said. I, uh, you know, I, I, I mean, he seemed to be okay last year. I think he was just dogging it. You know, he's kind of a quitter. But um, I tell you what, Trevor, we'll take this quitter any day of the week on the New England Patriots. You know, so... <laughs> And he's visiting the Patriots today and tomorrow. He visited Tennessee earlier this week, and um, it's expected he will probably sign either at the end of the week or the, by the start of training camp. Um, yeah, what kind of impact could DeAndre Hopkins have on a roster, if any? I mean, I, I, I do think he can be impactful uh, this season. Um, I don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, the fantasy-valued, uh, DeAndre Hopkins of old. Um, and this is, uh, this is kind of a bittersweet thing, uh, to see happening. Cause this, this, this happens to, uh, wide receivers, running backs, even quarterbacks. Um, we see it, we see it happen to a lot of skilled players. Um, you know, and you said the GM says he can't run anymore. Um, that's, that's, I, I don't mean to laugh, but that's a little funny. Um, mm. But the the truth is, is that uh, in the NFL of old, like he, he would absolutely still be valued uh, right now, and, and teams would be trading for him. Um, but we we live at a time where where the NFL is not wanting for good running backs and wide receivers. Um, so every team has to ask themselves, like. You know we're gonna have to pay him DeAndre Hopkins money, uh, even if even if it's a reduced DeAndre Hopkins salary, uh, it's still gonna cost them more than an undrafted free agent who might be as productive. You just you just have to make a lot of these as business decisions, and uh, and unless DeAndre Hopkins is willing to take a a lot less money and. And, uh, and even then he might not get the volume he's hoping for if he can't produce the way the team he's on needs him to. Um, so yeah, it's, it, you know, the, the, this, this, the, the American football as a sport is constantly growing in this country. It makes college football a lot of fun to watch. It makes, it makes division two college football a lot of fun to watch. Um, all, all these, you know, football at every level is getting more and more exciting every year. And, and the result is, is that we, we, 
we can't hold on to aging superstars like we used to. Uh, there's too many good, young, full of potential, cheap options out there for these teams. Um, so, it, you know, it's it really hurts the romantic in me to, to to voice that truth, but it is true. So, DeAndre Hopkins, I, I do think he'll play. I think I think we'll see some highlights out of him. Um, but uh, but I've got measured expectations as to uh, what kind of impact he's really going to make on a team season. <clears throat> Keep an eye on it moving forward. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Rob. Sorry. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> I really don't know what kind of impact he's going to have. All right. Ready to ruin my dreams. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, let's be honest, man. It's DeAndre Hopkins at 31. He's not, he's not 25, you know. Um he, pl- he played like a dog last year, and that's not like a compliment. I know that people say, like, oh, that guy, he's a dog. Uh, he was a dog. Like, he laid down like a dog last year, you know? Um, right. So I'm not expecting him to be any better. Um, but I guess I'm hopeful that you add him to this offense with Mac Jones, maybe with Ramondre Stevenson. Sorry, I'm cleaning my glasses, people. That's the reason why I can't see without him. Um like Velma here trying to talk about DeAndre Hopkins, clean my glasses. Um, and, uh, you know, with Mac Jones, Mondry Stevenson, Mike Gusecki, Hunter Henry, um, you add him to Devontae Parker. I, I don't know who's the odd man out of the receivers. I mean, it's kind of just a, a muddy group of twos and threes. Uh, unless somebody breaks through to make the two or actual three, I, I don't know. It's going to be interesting, man, because they got Kendrick Bourne and, yeah, look, I'm getting in the weeds here with some Moon Patriots talk that I'm sure nobody's even familiar with any of these <laughs> players. But <laughs> this is kind of the way it is. So um, we'll just see what happens. I, you know, I think it would be interesting if they pick up DeAndre Hopkins and we're expecting, like, some impact or, um, I don't know, just something and he's still a dog and it does something in the locker room and Bill goes 7-10. and 10. <laughs> Uh, I mean, they're the worst team in the AFC if you stack them all up. AFC, AFC, excuse me, AFC. Not the worst team in the AFC. Although that's also debatable. But um, (laughs) (laughs) come on, they're the worst team in the AFC East, man. They're not going to beat New York or Miami. They don't have the firepower. Buffalo. I mean, they have to be really good at on defense this year. They have to be really versatile. They have to be really fast. They have to get some pressure. Um, And that's just not what. Belichick typically drafts, and unless these young guys that they got, and Gonzalez especially, um, that's the only way they're going to be good. So he's the only high-end talent they have, really, Christian Gonzalez. So um, I don't know. I'm trying to be hopeful here, but uh, no, it, like I, I said, mean, we'll have to we'll even see if he signs. What if he doesn't I, sign? I would say sign, it, it, you know? it's still not a so. done deal yet. If he's if he's a patriot, you got to be optimistic about him. Um but uh but yeah he uh yeah so i i mean I, I, cuz i i feel like i've been really dogging him in this segment here but uh just to spread it around or or dig a deeper hole depending on how you look at it i i feel the same way about Julio Jones um i think Julio Jones can't do for you what he used to He's not worth Julio Jones' money anymore. He's gonna keep playing, uh, but some of these, some of the, some of these 
wide receivers, you know, when when they're in their prime, it's impossible to imagine that without severe injury, they're never, you know, there's going to come a day where they just can't do it anymore. Uh, yeah. But I, th- I think that day has come. And, uh, and yeah, they can be, they can, they can, you know, it, it, impactful is a tricky word. Um, I think they can be productive, um, but I don't think Julio Jones or DeAndre Hopkins is going to be the reason that a team goes from seven and ten to ten and seven. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I I, I agree. Hundred percent. Um, fastest prime. No question. I'm not denying that. I did think he played well last season when he could. Um, I just, yeah, it's another year and more hits and, uh, we'll just see what happens. <laughs> so hopefully he signs with New England and doesn't have to play a huge role and is at least healthy from time to time. So, well, I tell you what, man, that's, that's the end of this episode. <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, uh, well, 4th of July is coming up folks, two weeks, right? Uh, yeah, otherwise it's summer. Yeah, summer, and you're near barbecue and grilling, and you know probably have Bluetooth speaker out there. Well, I tell you what, you know it's um, a perfect time of the year to get yourself prepped for the football season, uh, which starts in well, two months, sixty days, almost exactly, I think, sixty days, um, and that's exciting news for everybody. But the best way to get hyped is listening to football in general and putting it on a speaker. You know, uh, look, nobody wants to listen to Miley Cyrus. I think we've all heard Old Town Road about a billion times by now. Um, and it's just, it's, it's kind of an antiquated look at a barbecue over the summer. But what is not is two chubby white guys with beards who are covering the most niche sport in the country. So, um, just saying, you know, you have an opportunity to really look into something that most people don't know much about. Um, and it's not covered very widely, but, um, Next week, man, I think we're, we're going to start working on this fantasy football preview week to week, and it's going to be exciting. It's one of my favorite times of the year, fantasy football previews. We have to yes. really take everything in. Um, we'll kind of, um, I'm going to say summarize, but I guess that's maybe the right word. Summarize all of our talks we've had here in the offseason. It all come together, and we'll see the rankings and kind of do our own little rankings and figure out if they're fair or not based upon what the experts say online and I uh, use that loosely, and uh, we'll go from there. So, I'm taking, Trevor, do you have anything to? I'm taking Randall run? Cobb first overall. All right. Well, you heard it here first. Uh, it's <laughs> Randall Cobb first overall PPR league, of course. You know, um, if it was me, uh, I would go Miko Hardman if I had to pick one New York Jets receiver out of that stacked <laughs> group. Uh, or I would, I might even pick the dark room for five days. But um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> I'm just saying, there's a lot of possibilities for a number one overall pick in your fantasy league. But nonetheless, we'll be back next week or the week after, probably next week, uh, with more NFL information. Trev, do you have anything else to say? No, nah, just just really looking forward to it. Good to be back All on right. the air. <laughs> yeah, man, likewise. We're excited to be back. Until next time, we're out.